Hello friends and welcome to episode number 197 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Still alive and kicking. Uh, he's Justin out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, we went on a little hiatus and we're still probably not back up to full strength yet. How you doing? I'm sweating here in Saskatoon. It's like 34 outside and I'm not built for this. I'm I'm built for minus 40, not plus 35. I I prefer the cold to the heat. I yeah. do not enjoy the heat at all. That being said, AC is going to be running nonstop oh, yeah. when we're she's, done. She's ripping. Um, I don't really want to say anything about the hiatus except to say it sucked. We're not even full. We're not fully back yet. We're just back today. We'll yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Some Maybe stuff one happened week. today, so we thought we should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Yeah, it's just good. we're just back for a little bit. Emergency um, episode. He, yeah. Uh, let's just get right into it. But let, I want to talk about one cool thing, and then we can talk about all the shitty stuff. Uh, if you go to uh, at Toronto Blue Jay or at Blue Jays, uh, today Jays Care officially opens Roy Halladay Field in honor of Dock. The diamond will be Toronto's first accessible field and a safe space for kids of all abilities to play baseball. This is, this is my favorite news story of the day. I don't care about free agency uh, and hockey. I don't care about anything else that happened. This made me really happy. Yeah. Um, just it's cool. Th there's a cool like time lapse of the, of the field getting built uh, on the Toronto Blue Jays Twitter feed. It's just a cool thing, man. I love it. We should be celebrating uh, the, you know, Doc, and uh, I know, like, obviously, you know, it sucks that he's gone. It's cool that there's a field now that's there. Uh, it's got the Jays Care logo in the center field. It's really, it's it's artificial, uh, from what I can see. It just, it, it's really cool, man. I'm just really happy that we've got, you know, something here to help us remember Doc. Yeah, have you had a chance to see it yet? Um, I have the tweet open, so I'll, I'll watch it after the show. But no, I, yeah, I was I was uh, I was a bit distracted by the other goings on today. In right? Yeah. News, so I, I wasn't wanna, even aware. <laughs> do you want to pull the trigger on this? Yeah. So right. I'm sure everybody who's going to be listening to this, as it's going to be like uploaded in a couple hours from now, uh, already knows what happened. And if you don't, then you're welcome because today the Blue Jays announced that they were firing Charlie Montoyo. Um, I know we've talked about it numerous times, how we thought that this was like the season to either prove it or fail. Right. And I mean, we, we thought that if they made the playoffs, that would, that was, that was what he needed to do at minimum to, to maybe keep his job was make the playoffs. And then we both, well, I thought like that, that that's a, that's a good, a good enough um, success to maybe give him another shot. But to guarantee that he would stick around, I thought they had to win probably the division series, at least get to the championship series and show some improvement because, yeah, they, they've they made the playoffs one of the last two years and one was in 2020 when it was expanded and then once uh, they, they lost out in two games there and then they missed it by a game last year. So they needed to get there and actually have some success this season. Now, obviously, the team was looking great until about two weeks ago 
and now they've won like two games in their last 11 or something like that. Uh, yeah. And now they're only like two games ahead of Baltimore for last in the in the East. Granted, yeah. they are still like a game or a game and a half behind the Rays and the Red Sox, so it's not like there's a huge gap between those four teams. Yeah, still in the playoff spot. Yeah, and as all, of today, all f- as of right this right this moment, still yeah. in the playoff spot. All five teams in the American League East are currently at or above 500, which is like the latest in the season that that's happened in I think ever. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just it was it was a tough time for the team, and obviously, in any sport. Um, the coach or the manager is always the person who takes the brunt of the blame. And some of it is, some of it is deserved. I mean, there, there have been a few instances this season and there are multiple where a, a pitcher has been left out too long, or they've asked relievers to get too many outs. Obviously we know that the bullpen isn't a strength, so that's going to happen. But then, I mean, people have pointed out the, the one from last night, right, Patrick, where, where Vladdy, on the the drop strike three catches the ball but doesn't get his foot to the bag umpire calls him safe and vladdy right away is telling the dugout like like don't don't challenge it he's like giving them the safe call and they challenge it anyway (laughs) and it doesn't get overturned and then a couple of like batters later in the game there was a ball that was in foul territory that was called an out where the ball had clearly touched the screen and that call went against the blue jays but they didn't have their challenge so they couldn't challenge it so i mean it's just there's just some things like that and people people are gonna and i mean we're gonna do it too but people are going to overanalyze every little decision over this tough stretch of baseball that maybe went wrong and we won't remember that there probably were a bunch of decisions that that did go right even if the jays didn't end up winning those games but definitely the negatives the negative decisions do stand out and i think with all of the all, all of what's happened in the recent weeks with the loss of Mark Budzinski's daughter, this team is just in a bit of a free fall emotionally and, I guess, physically on the field. So I, th- I think the the change did have to be made. I was just surprised that, that this was that change. Yeah, the timing is really weird to me. I'm not saying... There's never a good time to fire somebody, obviously. No, but coming off of what was probably the most difficult four-day period yeah. of the team the entire year with uh, the news getting dropped in the middle of a ball game uh, and Mark Budzinski coming out. Obviously, Montoya was gutted uh, at delivering the news. You could see it on his face. Um it was it was just tough, and um, I'm surprised Charlie got fired. I didn't think it was justified. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, but there's some pretty immediate ramifications to this. Obviously, uh, management was not pleased with the with the effort that the team has put forth so far. Yeah. And somebody had to be responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't trade everybody on the team, and obviously they haven't really been interested in trading to get anybody. To I mean, Oakland's doing that. The problem. So Charlie is kind of the sacrificial, yeah, uh, lamb in this case. He's the one that's got to take the bullet, and it's not really. I I don't think it's fair at all. But 
that's baseball. We've seen it happen a million times before. I don't think we've ever seen it where a team is above 500 and they fire a man and in a playoff spot and fire a manager. Yeah, but, it'd probably be a very rare occurrence. But you can see the justification with, I mean, you've you've listed some of the examples here uh, recently with stretching relievers uh, way too long. And that's uh, and that's not just on Charlie, right? Like that's no a decision that would be made in consultation with his pitching coach too. So, well, we'll talk about that too some other time because I feel like Charlie's isn't the only seat that should be hot right now. I mm-hmm. think the I think Pete Walker's seat should be really, really hot right now. Uh, I would have been fine with him getting fired at, you know, when the DUI happened, but yeah, I, that's because I'm, I don't know. I, I take stuff that happens off the field into consideration. I would have just, I would have fired him right off the bat and just moved on, but I get it. Uh, he'll get fired anyway at the end of the year, uh, assuming his team, uh, doesn't make the playoffs but there's some pretty immediate ramifications too to just the staffing right off the bat the guy who we assumed all along was the heir apparent uh john schneider is now the interim manager of the toronto blue jays uh there i saw a tweet i forget who it was from it was one of the one of the beat writers, I think it was Ben Nicholson-Smith, here it is, at B. Nicholson-Smith, I'm not expecting massive tactical differences once Schneider starts managing Jace. He was already a leading decision-maker, strategically speaking. I, I, I would imagine a lot of stuff isn't really going to change. Um, but maybe the player, like the way that Charlie was so close to the players, maybe that had a negative impact. There was that one tweet, and this is stupid to even talk about, but Scotty Mitchell tweeted it, didn't he? Uh, about how a veteran was asked about it. Yeah. And then the veteran was like, no, not really, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's pretty terse for a guy who was your, you know, basically your boss uh, 12 hours ago. But the writing was probably on the wall. Charlie probably knew this. Like, he probably wasn't blindsided by this. I, I doubt the players were. Apparently, this isn't even worth talking about, but apparently, Arash Madani knew all along. Can you, like... Fuck, you know what? It's not even worth talking about. Yeah, fuck that, it. That guy, uh... <laughs> yeah, loves we, the we, smell of... No, I'm just... We, we have talked about him before, and I mean... Don't do, yeah. Go. Gonna, you can go read his tweet. It's very self-indulgent. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything about a rash because it won't, it won't make me any friends. So, <laughs> I don't. Whatever. I just. It was a very yeah, self-indulgent really tweet. It, very poor timing. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Um. I I just and he wasn't. It, it, there were a couple of Sportsnet names who thought the writing was on the wall on this and. I thought, really? But you haven't once reported it, so what's the deal? Yeah. You guys claim you know this stuff, but you've never told anybody, and now all of a sudden, yep, nobody's surprised, Charlie got fired, but then all the fans are like, well, what the f- what? Ha- 
you're saying all this stuff, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How did you know? And if you knew, why didn't you report it? Isn't that what a journalist is supposed to do? Anyway, whatever. I thought that was all stupid. Um, I still... Okay. Understand we've lost nine of the last 11. We've lost our wildcard lead. We're actually tied with Seattle now. Both teams are 46 and 42. Obviously, Seattle has the edge in the head-to-head, but I don't think that's what makes the difference at this point. Um, we're one game behind Boston, who have lost two in a row, uh, and one and a half games above Tampa, who have won two in a row. But all those teams could lose and Toronto could win, and then all of a sudden we've got a big-ass log jam. Yeah. Baltimore's won nine in a row. Seattle's won nine in a row. Probably overachieving. Uh, I mean, it's still I'm still blindsided by this, but doesn't it kind of feel like this is, if not now, then the end of the year? Like are, they're just not willing to sacrifice an entire year. Yeah, I think that's the case. I mean, obviously, there's still what eighty games left or something close to it. Not quite. I guess it's we're just over halfway. So there's like seven. Say there's seventy games left. I'm not gonna do the actual math. I'm too lazy for that right now. Um, I think it's seventy six. Seventy four games. Seventy four. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's still seventy four games left. This team is still capable of winning forty, forty four of those, ish. And that gets you to like eighty or ninety wins, right? So I mean, yep. it's not out of the question that this team can still find success. And we, we know that you look at the lineup, right? Like the Jays put out their lineup today and it's got the usual suspects in there. And you look at that lineup and you're like, yeah, this is a team that could win 90, 95 games. And we know that they haven't because they've underperformed with runners in scoring position. They've underperformed on the mound. Obviously they lost Ryu to injury, even though he wasn't pitching well, they lost Kikuchi to, shittiness um gosman's missed a couple starts because he got a comebacker in the foot by the way he's having a career worst season pretty much everybody it's just like it's just insane like vladdy's average is down 30 points bow's average is down down like 40 points points. yeah guriel's playing well now (laughs) it's yeah he's up around 300 which is around what we expected if it weren't is is yeah if it weren't for alejandro kirk this offense would have been like just dead for about two months. Yeah. Um, but obviously he was carrying, he was kind of carrying the load a bit there and it came to getting on base and driving some runners in. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I think, uh, I think the team, they obviously they did put a lot of pressure on themselves and, and rightfully so they're good baseball players. Nobody wants to go into this season saying that it's going to be shitty. Like Vladdy made the last year's tra- trailer. This is the movie quote, and I mean, that's a that's a pretty big quote. And obviously, that got that got taken all over the place in media. And I bought a shirt with it on it. Like it's it's there. And I mean, so far the movie hasn't been great, but there's there's still plenty of time for this this team to to right the ship. And like you said, yeah, they're they're what they're five games away, five hundred, four games away, five hundred or something like that. And there is still time to save the season i guess i think there is i don't want to lean on this too too much because we're just going to generate uh controversy or concern like controversy yeah controversy where there might not be any but i guess some people have noticed there was tension in the clubhouse 
Allegedly. There's some anecdotal stuff about how Mariners beat writers noticed it, but the Jays yeah. uh, beat writers didn't notice it. But, but did anybody Jays... write the ship is sinking on the whiteboard? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> do, does it? Do there need to be slapped in the face with it? Yeah. And why is it that some of them after the fact now are saying that the writing was on the wall, but they never reported it once and there's zero news articles about it? It's really just a confusing time if you're a Jays fan because... On one hand, you're probably not terribly surprised. On the other hand, you probably are surprised. But you're being told that it wasn't a surprise. But there's no evidence to suggest it wasn't a surprise. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's, it's really, it's yeah, it's really lame uh, for stuff to come out after the fact. It just kind of feels like they're undoing, not doing Charlie justice on his way out the door. Obviously, uh, he commanded a lot of respect on this team as a person. Uh, as a manager, I don't really know. Obviously, the mistake with Vladdy is probably not the only example. No. Um, leaving relievers in for too long. We could point out at least 20 times where that's happened and it's cost a game. This team is, is too good to miss the playoffs. And we're not in time. You know, the fan base, it, I don't know, generally speaking, is pretty crazy, pretty wild on uh, all the different uh, social media outlets like most fan bases but yeah i don't think there's a hell of a lot of entitlement but when you've got your superstar saying last year was a trailer this year is a movie you, i don't know you kind of set yourself up yeah where anything short of getting into the playoffs and doing damage is a disappointment and it's worthy of mockery um i don't know we'll spend some other time in the future, beating up on, you know. Look, I'm sure in the coming days we're probably going to learn more too, right? It's like this is still. Yep. It's been like what four hours since it happened? Five hours. This is all like really fresh. Yeah. And uh, I'm just. I guess I'm just. I'm just surprised at some of the stories. Yeah. That are coming out. They don't make sense. The stuff doesn't line up very well, and it's the stuff we've already talked about. I don't want to get back into it. We're, I don't want to go in circles. So let's just say it sucks. Charlie, I th thought, was a good manager. Uh, definitely seemed to be popular among the players. But the mistakes appeared to have been piling up. Uh, mm -hmm. He walks away from the, uh, the managerial position with the Blue Jays with a 236 win, 236 loss uh record good for 500 that considering the fact that he inherited a shit team uh, a, an absolute garbage team and then the following year got to the playoffs following year you know just missed you yeah. it was silly missing out on the playoffs by one game while winning 91 games and then going 46 and 42 this year with potential to make the playoffs uh but we'll never know now um any final thoughts on charlie you want to say or no let's talk about john schneider i don't even know what to say about john schneider because this is like something we've been expecting now it's almost like a fever dream at this point uh yeah i mean i was calling for john schneider before trimontoy was hired and this was when john schneider was just the manager in double a for the blue jays in new hampshire um yeah he was a manager 
there. He was a manager in Vancouver. He was a manager in Dunedin. Like this guy came up through the Blue Jays system. Also was a former Blue Jay like prospect. He was a catcher. Played a bunch of years at the Jays before he hung him up and uh, decided to be going to the coaching side instead of th- instead of playing. Uh, was a major league coach the past two seasons with, with the Jays and then got promoted to the bench coach this year. Uh, I think every, everyone thought that Charlie Montoya was kind of keeping the seat warm for Schneider and that eventually it was going to be his team. We saw some tweets come out after Schneider was named interim manager today about how it appeared as though other MLB organizations were going to be targeting him this winter. And I even said in our chat after it happened, Patrick, I said, yeah, I think that maybe the Jays had some people sniffing around Schneider and they thought that, you know what, before we start allowing him to negotiate with other teams, why don't we just make this move ourselves? Because we wanted to do it anyway. So... I think that's probably part of it. Obviously, we don't we don't know, but that's going to be a contributing factor. Is that if this was the guy that they wanted for the future, why not just do it now? You know? Yeah. They kind of had yeah. They kind of ran out of promotions to give him. He started yeah. as a manager in two thousand and eight yeah. with the Gulf Coast League Blue Jays. Yeah. Then got promoted to the Canadian Vancouver Canadians. And then the Blue Jays in Dunedin. Uh. Yeah. He's he went up and down though, but he bounced between the Northwest League and then he had the Gulf Coast League. Yeah, uh, he managed the Lansing Lugnuts when they were still a part of the. That's right. Uh, Blue Jays organization. Yeah. yeah, 2017 Florida State League Championship with Dunedin, uh, and then 2018 promoted to the uh, Fisher Cats. They won a championship. Um, the next year, yeah. He got Manager of the Year. Um, he was a part of the, the Jays coaching staff starting in 2019 with the catchers. Uh, he pitched a Vladdy <laughs> during that home run derby. That'll never be forgotten. Yep. Uh, by the way, shout out to Vladdy for being smart enough to avoid the, the derby this year. That made me happy. And, uh, was the bench coach for 2022 and now he gets the call. It seemed inevitable because they've invested uh, over 14 years in multiple general managers. Uh, more than that, even when you consider that he was a player in the organization before then, too. He's basically yeah, spent right. like 30 years or 22-ish years, I think. It was around like 2000. I can't remember the exact year he got drafted, but it's yeah, it's been a long time. Like his, basically, his whole adult life, he's been with the Blue Jays in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so like all the way back in his... 20s like he would have been yep uh born in he was 28 years old when he he managed the gulf coast league blue jays now he's 42 he's he's very young uh has tons of experience none at the big league level but he basically had been a, a key part of the yeah he's uh, drafted the by the blue jays in the 13th round of the 2002 mlb draft so it has been 20 years that he's been with, yeah. as, as a been a blue jay so so absolutely no surprise that yeah. he's the one that gets the the nod and I, I i don't think i know it's the label is interim but he would have I, to be pretty disastrous i think to not get that contract extended yeah, I would say even if the Jays only finished eighty four and seventy eight, which is six games above five hundred for the rest of the year, like for the, if that's what they finish, I don't. I still. I still think he gets another season. Like mm-hmm. I don't see him. He'd have to lose like ninety percent of the of the yeah, remaining and like, games. Keep in mind that like you listed off all the places that he managed. Like he's managed Bo, Vladdy, uh, Cavan, Danny Jansen. 
yep. uh, Moreno a little bit. Like he knows all of these guys, right? The, the young core of this yeah. team kind of came up with John Schneider. They've won championships in the minor leagues together. Like you, you get the sense, or you get you you hope anyway that this team trusts these players. Trust John Schneider and they believe in him. Like you know, it's just. If if it is the case that Charlie Montoya had lost that the confidence in that dressing room in that clubhouse, you hope that by replacing him with the guy that these that these players know and a guy who's been around and I mean Schneider would know better than anybody what's gone on in the clubhouse, right? The, the staff all would know if if there's been animosity brewing, like the players know, the staff would know. You can't just you can't hide that. It's you spend every day of nine months together in a room you're gonna you're gonna know if something is is off so hopefully things uh turn around quickly because they have to yep i would agree they're in a bit of a tailspin right now but um no better time than the present to get out of it yeah it's weird because um It's been, like, because it's been, like, two weeks since we recorded or something like that, it's just been, like, it's been a free fall, and we, I I don't know. I don't know, I won't speak for you, but it was nice to not have to record while that, all that suffering was happening. It was, uh, it was a convenient absence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, circumstances. Um, we're going to talk more in the future about how the team has performed to date because we have missed a couple weeks the last time i think we recorded we were very snugly in the first wild card spot now we're we're yeah the a second of two teams of tied for the final one there's a lot to run over and we'll get there at some point um let's just shoot off two things right quick mm-hmm. kevin gossman who you all saw get absolutely nailed in the ankle yeah uh with a a fucking piss missile that that looked bad yeah it was scary uh fortunately he only missed what was it two starts two starts uh a little bit bit extra he he technically probably could have went on the il but they ended up just leaving him on the bench so yep he's ready to go so he will start thursday against the kansas city royals who come to town very short-handed (laughs) <laughs> uh, tweeted by Ann underscore Rogers. She is the Royals beat writer for MLB.com. So she's like the Keegan Matheson of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, lets us know that the Royals will be without 10 players Woo! in Toronto where a COVID-19 vaccination is required to enter. Worth noting that uh, the same is true of teams entering from Canada to the United States. Uh, so the rule is the same everywhere you go in North America for MLB. Somebody should tell JT Real Muto that. They really should, but whatever. Uh, I don't care about that. That's Here's your list. Starting second baseman, Whit Merrifield. Starting first baseman, Hunter Dozier. Your starting outfielders, Michael Taylor, Andrew Benintendi, who obviously we're not going to trade for now. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Isbell, all out. Backup catchers, Cam Gallagher and MJ Melendez, both gone. Uh, right-handed pitch, or right or starters, Brad Keller and Brady Singer. Nope. 
they're out for the four games. And uh, reliever Dylan Coleman, also gone for this series. That is 38.5% of the Kansas City Royals roster. We're 26 getting, man roster, yeah. We're getting the triple A boys. Um, well, it's it their be, choice. I based, mean, they're based on the organization, we might be getting the double A team if their triple A team has the same vaccination rates, you know. That's true. I mean, it could, they might have to dig deep to fill the roster, but yeah, the draft's coming up. Maybe they'll send their, their first round pick just to straight to Toronto. I actually like, I don't even have a lot, a particularly large amount of hate for Kansas City. Uh, I understand, like, yeah, that we fucking lost Amish a, kid. I know we don't have to go over this. I know it sucks, but um, I don't have a particularly large amount of hate for uh, for Kansas City. In fact, I think Kauffman Stadium is actually pretty dope. Yeah, we talked um, about that. <laughs> this is really embarrassing, though. Like, this is really not good, and Kansas City Royal fans aren't really happening. Uh, they're not really happy about this either. Um, they're pissed. You can go check out their subreddit, but don't brigade dicks. Um, <laughs> Kansas City Royal fans are pretty pissed, uh, rightfully so. Um, what is there to say about this? This that I've ne- we've never seen this many players, no, and that many starters. They're they're basically coming in with like a lineup that's going to be like. 70 percent uh triple a yeah or backup players salvador perez is going to have to hit a home run every at bat just so this team doesn't get swept like in is salvi injured god on top of uh, that do the royals think, have any injuries i think he's i think he's fine i think he's playing but i don't know we'll find out tomorrow i guess i'm looking at it right now and right now some of these players that aren't coming are injured. Yeah. When Merrifield is day to day, Michael Taylor is day to day. Are they listed as day to day because of the COVID thing though? No. No. Oh. Uh, Salvi is on the ten day IL. Oh boy. Did some uh, on field workout in his catcher's gear July tenth. No way to know for sure whether or not he's going to be making the trip or not. I guess we'd have to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, Jonathan Heasley's starter is on. The 15-day IL reliever, Josh Stalmont, is doing a rehab assignment. Reliever Jake Brents is on a rehab assignment on 60-day IL. Uh, Adalberto Mondesi has been on the 60-day IL since May. Not eligible to come off. So basically what you're saying is they've got a pretty uh, tough job when it comes to filling out their lineup this week. It's going to be... Triple A Central for them, which is really unfortunate because the Kansas City Royals—they're at a point in the season now where they're too far out to compete. They're, they've gone six and four in their last ten, which is better than anything Toronto can boast. But they're thirty-five and fifty-three. Negative uh, one hundred and two run differential is just not. They're just so far out of it. It's just not good. Uh, so I guess, in a way, it's kind of Tank Commander Central for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's interesting to see how, how it goes tomorrow against the Royals for sure. But, I mean, the Jays have Zach Wheeler tonight 
against the Phillies. Our boy Strips is on the mound. Um, we know the Jays were able to pull up that win last night. Guriel had a great game. Hopefully, hopefully the team can hit with runners in the scoring position because that's been the story of the season. <laughs> the lack of ability to do that for the majority of it, anyway. But I'm curious to see how they how they play tonight against Wheeler because he's a he's a great pitcher. So that's right, Zach Wheeler up against Ross Stripling. Strips is still very consistent, three point three four ERA. Uh, I'm happy. Do you think he gets extended by the Jays, or do you think he's just going to go back to L.A.? I could see him going back to the West Coast somewhere, yeah. whether it's with the Dodgers or the Angels or the Bay Area teams. Who knows? Uh, that being said, I love me some chicken strips. So, I mean, I would love to see him stay, but I don't know if that's – I don't know what I don't know what this team's going to do. Um, that's a cool matchup, though. Righty versus righty. Zach Wheeler obviously strikes a lot of dudes out, wins a lot of games. The Phillies are missing Real Muto, Bryce Harper, a couple other key players. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a tough one, but John Schneider will make his debut as manager. Uh, Kansas City doesn't have a starter lined up for Thursday because obviously. It was probably missing. a singer or a Keller, yeah. Uh, obviously Gossman now has kind of unofficially said he's good to go. He'll probably start Thursday, uh, Friday's game, uh, TBDs as well. I don't know that we have, I think if we go by the rotation, it could be Castillo cause that would have been Kikuchi's spot. I think. Yeah. If we go by rotation, it'll be, I guess, Max Castillo. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, uh, Saturday's game. Also TBD, but if we go by Manoa, yeah, it'll be Alec Manoa, and then Sunday Barrios game, it will be Jose Barrios against TBD. They're just kind of Kansas City is just kind of in disarray because of the injuries and the stupidity of not getting uh, vaccinated. Yeah, um, but that's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? let's let's cap off this episode give me uh your grade uh a b c d f for gabriel moreno um for his performance in his stint with the big club while uh while jano was hurt how do you feel c he was pretty average um started off getting a lot of base hits yeah but for me it's just like i'm still very concerned that he just had a lack of power what, I doesn't need to. I don't need to see him hit thirty home runs, but some line drive doubles to the gaps would have been nice. We didn't see a ton of that. He had a, he had a, a few really nice throws down to second base and a few stinkers. This is definitely still a work in progress. I mean, the kid hasn't actually had that much time at catcher in the minor leagues. Yeah, sandwiched around some injuries. Like he's he was drafted as a third baseman or a shortstop or something by the team. So before they converted him, so I mean he's gonna he still needs work down there. But it's nice to know that. When you put him in the lineup, you're you weren't really sacrificing anything. Like it's not like you're you weren't you weren't starting Zach Collins. You were starting Moreno when Kirk wasn't in the lineup at catcher. So it makes sense to send him back to Buffalo because yeah, he's gonna get everyday playing time there, which is what he needs to continue to develop. So no, I I was I'm I'm all over Moreno. I think he's I think he's going to be special, but he just needs some more seasoning down there. Yep. Uh, I would agree. A credit where credit is due. While he did uh, hit just 190 in his his final seven games mm-hmm. uh, with the team, 
Uh, he, he overall, he went 16 for 58, good for a 276 average, a 300 OBP, OPS of 593, because obviously power was non-existent. Only yeah. one extra base hit, but he did have four RBIs. He drew two walks to seven strikeouts. He's still a prospect, uh, He and he won't graduate because of these at-bats, I don't mm -hmm. think. No, he won't. It's only 18 games. Goes back down. He'll get regular playing time. Uh, in case you were interested out there, he went four for seven today. Uh, oh, no, sorry. That's Gabriel Martinez. There's too many Martinez's. There's too many Gabriel's. They all have all these names. Oh, fuck. Yeah, sake. Gabby Martinez is going to be one we're going to be talking about at some point. Too. We are going to talk about him. He went four for seven today out of, I guess, that's something to talk about. I misread. There's just because he there's Gabriel Moreno, Orelvis Martinez, and Gabriel Martinez, <laughs> yeah. and I combined them. I made Orelvis and Gabriel Moreno have a baby, <laughs> uh, and combined everything into one. Which is confusing stat. Obviously, Gabriel Moreno going back down to Buffalo, probably still on the bus right now. For fuck's sake, um, Danny Jansen back though. Yeah. How do you feel about Dan? Do you think Danny Jansen is the answer? He's the greatest player of all time. Of course he is. Yeah. Um, it was great having him back. I was really happy. Obviously, he has some very good chemistry with... Uh, Anybody he catches, yeah. That's right. Uh, he went one for three, which was a nice little return. Uh, still has seven home runs in the year. His average has taken quite the beating, though. He's down to 237. Does he even have it's about what we bats, expected though? anyway. Yeah. OBP at 292, still has an OPS of 902 because he, he's pulling all those homers. Uh, it was nice happy to, to see, have him back. It was nice to see him catching Brios. Uh, Brios looked, looked great last night again. So He did, and it's kind of uh, very unfortunate that for Jose Brios, in a start that he strikes out 13, he did give up a taco, uh, and three earned yeah, runs was almost enough to lose the game. It's a quality start. Yeah, in my eyes it is. I thought a quality start. In the statistic size it is too. Six innings or three runs or less. That is a quality start. That's a quality start. Interesting. That's the definition of a quality start. That is two quality starts in a row. Yeah. You had a good start there in Oakland. There's another great uh, uh, thread from Chris Black at Down to Black on Twitter about Jose Brio's start last night. If you're interested in checking that out. He was uh, carving them up. Yeah, his curveball was great. And he had a lot of run on his sinker, so that's what you want to see. But yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, we'll come back at some point again, TBD, when we, when we return in full. But uh, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Listen on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Website is bfmdpodcast.com. For Patrick out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.